Pastor Xavier Reese with a divine perspective of things yet to come. No other book has prophecies verified through history, archaeology, like the Bible. Leading empires of the world revealed Nebuchadnezzar's dream came true. The head of gold, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the arms and chest of silver, the belly of brass, Greece, the legs of iron, Rome. Now, what would make you and I think that if that's the case, that the empire of the Antichrist is not going to take place? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Zechariah, like Haggai and Malachi, was a prophet to the Jews who had returned from exile around 520. The prophet Zechariah described a series of visions in which God revealed how he is ultimately in control and he will fulfill the promises that were made to their fathers and to Abraham. These prophecies also revealed the coming judgment of God and his victory over sin and the simple truths pointing to the Messiah and his coming. Pastor Xavier turns to Zechariah chapter 9 in our study series of the Minor Prophet for a message titled, God's Prophetic Schedule. Let's listen. Professor M. Montiero Williams, comparing the Bible to other books, said, Pile them, if you will, on the left side of your study, but place your own Holy Bible on the right side all by itself, alone. There is a gulf between it and all the so-called books of these, which severs the one from the other utterly, hopelessly, and forever. It's amazing the amount of proof that the Bible gives to us, not only prophetically, but historically, archaeologically, and that people still do not believe the Bible. So the problem really is not an intellectual problem, it's a heart problem. It's because there is no option for God in people's lives, regardless of the evidence. So I want to speak to you on Zechariah's revelation about the preparation of God for the coming of the Messiah, and it involves three very important prophecies here in chapter 9. Let me read our text, and then we'll divide it up. 9.1, it says, The burden of the word of the Lord against the land of Hadarach and Damascus, uh, its resting place, for the eyes of men and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord. Also against Hamath, which borders on it, and against Tyre and Sidon, Though they are very wise, for Tyre builds herself a tower, heaps up silver like the dust, and gold like the mire of the streets. Behold, the Lord will cast her down. He will destroy her power in the sea, and she will be devoured by fire. Ascalon shall see it and fear. Gaza also shall be very sorrowful, and Akron, for he dried up her expectation. The king shall perish from Gaza, and Ascalon shall not be inhabited." A mixed race shall settle in Ashdod, and I will cut off all the pride of the Philistines. I will take away the blood from his mouth and the abominations from between his teeth. But he who remains, even he shall be for our God, and shall be like a leader of Judah and Ekron, like a Jebusite. I will uh, camp around my house because of the army, because of him who passes by and him who returns. No more shall an oppressor pass through them. For now I have seen with my eyes. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just in having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariots from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bull shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. 
As for you also, because the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you, for I have been Judah, my bow, fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like the sword of a mighty man. Then the Lord will be seen over them, and his arrows will go forth like lightning. The Lord will blow the trumpet and go with a whirlwind. From the south, the Lord of hosts will defend them. They shall devour and subdue with sling stones. They shall drink and roar as if with wine. They shall be filled with blood like basins, like the corners of the altar. The Lord your God will save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they shall be like the jewels of a crown, lifted like a banner over his land. For how great is its goodness! And how great its beauty. Grain shall make the young men thrive. A new wine, the young women. The revelation of Zechariah in preparation of God for the coming Messiah involves three very important prophecies. This is the chronological order of history. Okay, this is after the Babylon captivity. We're picking up from there. And it consists of these three prophecies. First, we have the castigation of the enemies of Israel. Verse 1 through 8. Secondly, we have the declaration of the coming Messiah of Israel in verse 9 and 10. And thirdly, the restoration of the people of Israel, verse 11 through 17. The castigation of the enemies of Israel comes first. This is the period we are in terms of the end of Babylonian captivity. Notice um, verse 1 and 2. The prophet Zechariah revealed God was going to judge certain cities in Syria. So God is not afraid to name specific names because he cannot lie. He knows everything. The prophecy introduced is introduced as the burden of the word of the Lord. Notice in verse 1, the word burden means an um, oracle of judgment. Uh, the idea is a, something weighty to be carried and lifted up, indicating the lifting up of one's voice to proclaim the oracle of judgment. The remaining six chapters of Zechariah are divided into two burden judgments. The first one is right here. The burden against the enemies of Israel, chapter 9, 10, and 11. And then the second judgment comes in chapter 12, verse 1, judgments against Israel herself, all the way to the end. Now, the visions are over. These are just prophecies. Now, the source of the judgment, notice, is the word of the Lord. We run across this all the time. The source of the judgment is the word of Yahweh here. Um, the words given to the prophet directly from God, from heaven... And the word of the Lord here, the title of Yahweh, the covenant God, directly from him. The prophecy notice in verse 1 and 2 there of judgment is directed against three particular cities in Syria. The first city is Hadrach, and it means dwelling, and it's in the north of Israel, over in Syria, modern day Lebanon. The second is Damascus. Um, it means silence of the sackcloth weaver. This is the capital of Syria and always has been and still is. The location is in the plain coast of Hermon, about 130 miles north of Jerusalem. And uh, the name Damascus appears uh, 40 times in the Old Testament, 15 in the New. As you know, the most uh, named city is Jerusalem. The second is Babylon in the Bible. Notice there's two commentaries that are stated here. 
in verse 1. The first is its resting place, Paul referring to the city of Hadrach, depending on, on Damascus for security and protection since it's the capital. And the second is for the eyes of men and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord Yahweh. It refers to Israel and the Gentile nation's attention fixed on Alexander the Great. This is the period of history we're in. As he was conquering the world. They're all in a maze. Babylon is destroyed. Medo-Persia. Now it's Greece. Remember, God gave Nebuchadnezzar the dream of the future world empires. Babylon, the head of gold. Medo-Persia, the arms and chest of silver. Had fallen. Greece was now on the forefront. It was ruling. But would soon be conquered by Rome. There was no expectation of God to begin to act by the heathen. But yet, the people of God were seeing the ramifications of all of a sudden empire falling after empire. Just the way God had predicted through Daniel. Amazing. The evidence is all there for every generation. Now the third city, Hamath, uh, means fortress. And the city was located in the upper Syria again, in the valley of the Orontes. Bordering Damascus, it tells us, in other words, of close proximity. And the judgment is because um, of their evil towards Israel. It's always the reason why God acts. But also, this territory was promised to Abraham by God. If you look at the promise of God in Genesis 15:18, Exodus 23:31 and many other passages, and you look at the parameters of the land given to Abraham, Lebanon and Syria, much of that is is is, is promised to Abraham. That's Israel territory, but it never came under his, his, his control. Solomon even at the vast has never conquered all the land that God gave him. But it's going to be theirs in the millennial kingdom. Some people don't like that, but that's just tough luck. Notice uh, in verse 2 still, the prophet uh, Zechariah revealed God was going to judge certain um, Syrophoenician cities. So he's working his, his way from the northern region now out to the, to the west, to the coast. And the judgment of God would come upon Tyre and Sidon. These two are always mentioned together, very important. Though they are very wise. You know, there are people who think they're so wise, they're wiser than God, but it's just a matter of time before they find out their wisdom is really stupidity. Uh, what's called wisdom today, the inventions and medicines and everything tomorrow, they, they're poisoning us and destroying us. Amazing. The name Tyre means rock, fortress or citadel on the Mediterranean coast, again north of Israel. And Tyre was known for being master mariners, as you know, shipbuilders, traders of commerce with the nations, with the cities of Syria and the world. Uh, Ezekiel 27, when we studied, there it tells much about that. The name Sidon means hunting, and it's north of Tyre, uh, closely um, associated with it. In fact, Ezekiel 27a says, inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your oarsmen, your wise men, O Tyre, were in you. They became your pilots. And if you look at that whole chapter, it speaks of their wealth and their popularity and their demand and, and their mercenaries. Everybody wanted to be there. It was like the, uh, the capital of all the money making and the luxury and everything. The judgment of God on the city of Tyre is singled out, notice in verse 3, due to its prideful confidence of her security. And wealth, this is always a failure on man's part. For God said, for Tyre builds herself a tower, a massive wall, 150 feet high, about a half a mile out from the mainland to the island city. It heaped up silver like dust, it says, gold like mire in the streets here. 
Their wealth was immense. The expression indicates that silver and gold were as common and abundant as dust and mud. You read about Solomon that all of his drinking vessels were of gold and of silver. Notice the judgment of God would be fulfilled in spite of the security and wealth. In verse 4, Zechariah declares, Behold, an expression calling a person to pay attention. In spite of what I said, how powerful and rich she is. Pay close attention. With God, that doesn't matter. You know what God does with gold? He pays streets. <laughs> regardless of her seeming safety and security, regardless of her immense wealth, Zachariah declared, the Lord will cast her out. He will destroy her power in the sea and she will be devoured by fire. History confirms this. Tyre was besieged by Shalmaneser for five years and then by Nebuchadnezzar 13 years without conquest. As he was there for 13 years, slowly they moved all the money, all the stuff to an island city half a mile out from inland and robbed him of his victory. But the prophecy was short term and long term. Short term, Nebuchadnezzar. Long term, Alexander the Great. He seized it for seven months. He scraped all the debris of the inland city that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed. And he dumped it into the sea and built a causeway out to the island. And destroyed it and burned it. What are the chances of that happening? <laughs> Ezekiel 26 gives you all the details. We did that when we went through Ezekiel. Now notice... In verse 5 through 7, the prophet Zechariah revealed then God was going to judge certain cities of the Philistines. Now he's worked up north, Syria, moved to the east. Now he's working down south, the Philistine country. By the way, same place that troubles always for Israel, Gaza Strip. Zechariah revealed Ashkelon would be petrified witnessing the destruction of Sidon entire by Alexander the Great. You can imagine they're hearing maybe someone escaped and came and told them. Ashton shall see it and fear, petrified. They knew they could not stand against Alexander the Great. They knew they would perish. Zechariah revealed Gaza would be in travail. Gaza also shall be very sorrowful. It means to wait anxiously, waiting, knowing their sure destruction. Nothing they could do. Zechariah revealed Ekron next, realized their financial commerce was gone. Listen to the words, for he dried up her expectation. The Philistines constantly traded with Tyre. Jeremiah speaks about it. The pronoun he is capitalized. That's because it is God who is doing this. She boasted in her strength, her wealth. Would you have believed that they told you the day before the Twin Towers came down that one day those buildings would come down like pancakes? Oh, no. No one's ever built buildings like that. Okay. Listen to Jeremiah 47.4. Because of the day that comes to plunder all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon every helper who remains. For the Lord Yahweh shall plunder the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kephtur. The origin of the Philistines is marked back in Genesis. Notice Zechariah next revealed the head 
ruler of Gaza would be killed. The king shall perish from Gaza. They would be conquered. They would cease as a people. Zechariah then revealed Ashkelon would be abandoned. She'll have no inhabitants. It will not be inhabited. All of this was fulfilled by Alexander the Great as he worked his way from the north to the south, even going down to Egypt. We don't get Egypt here, but Jeremiah picks it up. Isaiah picks it up. Devastated. Alexander died at 33 years of age after a drunken party and he walked home in the rain and caught pneumonia. A day's masterful general. No one ever has been like him. Great following, loyalty to him. Began with a small army, about 50,000. He couldn't leave anything behind. He just decimated every place he went so no one could come up behind him from the rear. And just conquered everything. And at 33, he celebrated and he died. Interesting parallel here. We'll get to it. Alexander died at 33. So did Jesus Christ. What a contrast between the two. One admired by the world. The other one rejected by the world. One taking life. The other one giving life. Just some of the contrasts. Zechariah revealed the inhabitants of Ashdod. It would be a people of low class. A mixed race shall settle in Ashdod, and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. The phrase mixed race can mean illegitimate children or intermixed marriages, depending on the context. The old King James Version translates it a bastard, a child born of parents not married. In other words, even in that day, it was marked as not appropriate. Next, Zechariah revealed God would put an end to the paganism and kingship of the Philistines, verse 7. Now, all these, all these detailed itemized things, they came to pass. They can be verified. The evidence is all over. He will take away the idolaters' worship. Listen, I will take away the blood from the mouth and the abominations from between their teeth. This is their idol worship of blood sacrifice and all the debauched things they did that God hated. God would assimilate the surviving Philistines into Israel. Listen, but he who remains of the Philistines, even he shall be for our God and shall be like a leader in Judah and Akron like a Jebusite. He's referring to the days of David when the Jebusite came under the control of Israel and they assimilated into the nation. You know, there were many mercenaries that came on to David. Loyalty to Israel. The prophet Zechariah in verse 8, now all of a sudden it's been dark and man, there's judgment. All of a sudden, there's a turnaround. The prophet Zechariah revealed that God was going to spare the city of Jerusalem. In the midst of all this stuff, Alexander the Great is coming down, destroying everything. And this one city he's going to leave alone. God will protect it. I will camp around my house because of the army, my house. Remember Haggai said, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord in Haggai 1.8. Remember Haggai and Zechariah are like peanut butter and jam. They're prophesying together. The remnants come back. Haggai again declares, so the angel who spoke to me said to me, proclaim saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. Zechariah 1.14 God was now working on behalf of Israel once again. God gives the reason, notice, in 8. Because of him who passes by and him who returns. Alexander is the 
person indicated here. He first went down to Egypt, coming from the north, down from Syria. Fire Phoenician, down to Egypt. His conquest, then he went back up to Jerusalem. He did not destroy Jerusalem on the way down or the way up. That's what's referred to here. God would not allow it. No more shall an oppressor pass through them. The oppressor being Alexander the Great. The them are the Jews. Notice God affirmed this. For now I have seen with my eyes. Alexander had a vision that a man came out to meet him who knew the living God. He had a vision. And as he approached Jerusalem, the high priest came out to meet Alexander and showed him the book of Daniel. Jerome tells us how God had prophesied he would be a world empire. He went in, did sacrifice and spared Jerusalem. I said God is in preparation for the coming Messiah. Alexander permeated the, the world with the Greek language. When Rome absorbed Greece, they absorbed the Greek language that was prepared for the writing of the New Testament and the roast for the gospel to be taken. God's on the throne. He's not biting his nails. He's right on schedule. Dr. Stoner in the book... Science Speaks on page 70 to 80 estimated the chances of Tyre that also is mentioned by Ezekiel having spoken that prophecy and all the details that it would be about 1 in 75 million or 1 in 7.5 times 10 to the 7th power for all things to come to pass or to be true. Now if you're a mathematician you know that's a lot of numbers. 20% of the Bible, one-fifth is prophecy. No other book in the world claims to have prophecy directly from God. No other book has prophecies verified through history, archaeology, like the Bible. 2 Peter 1, 19-21 says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. He's talking about the Old Testament. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, the word interpretation means of no impulse, private impulse or origin. And now it explains it. Listen, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved or carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. The man didn't say, well, you know, I think I'll write a book today. I think I'll just say a prophecy. No, they were normal people like you and I, but called from God, prophets, and then God's Spirit came upon them and imparted to them the revelation. The detailed particulars are verifiable again by history. Leading empires of the world revealed Nebuchadnezzar's dream came true. The head of gold, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the arms and chests of silver, the belly of brass, Greece, the legs of iron, Rome. Now, what would make you and I think that if that's the case, that the empire of the Antichrist is not going to take place? A prophecy named Cyrus to overthrow Babylon through the levee gates, punishing Babylon, Isaiah 45, 1 through 3. Listen to Jeremiah, he says that, 25, 12. Then it, it will come to pass, when 70 years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. You know how incredible Babylon was. It didn't matter. So this was the castigation of the enemies of Israel. 
that were the next thing on the agenda God's schedule in preparation of the coming Messiah. Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing a study of Zechariah chapter 9 to a close for today. But hope you'll join us next time for the conclusion of this future times prophecy from the Old Testament. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But you can also request a CD copy of this timely study titled God's Prophetic Schedule. As always, they're available for just $4. And make sure you share this helpful insight with your brothers and sisters in the Lord once you're through. The title to ask for once again is God's Prophetic Schedule. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or, to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or, the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 